Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place these there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. I'm so excited. I've already said it, but nobody warned Pastor Sarah what it is to have me preach in this congregation among my beloved people. You know, I have this opportunity to preach for an installation sermon. I hear that word, installation, And I immediately think of dishwashers and microwaves, hot water heaters, and other household appliances requiring an expert, or if you attempt it yourself, probably some cursing, cuts, or bruises in installing this object. If you're my father, the chance of electrocution, just mild, have no fear. And then it works. Right? It fulfills its particular and very specific task. 
It can be counted on to meet exact expectations. Now, you might know that at the Senate office, where I have an inbox for incoming mail, my name has been changed by our Synod treasurer, also your congregational treasurer, Jeff Swanberg, from Sarah Anderson to Sarah the Hammer Anderson. Thank you, Jeff. This seems as good a reason as any to think that I'm uniquely qualified to participate in Pastor Sarah's installation. If it doesn't fit, if this match between pastor and people isn't right, she isn't performing her function, handling the duties and tasks assigned to her, I'll just come hammer away. That's what the synod's for anyways. I'll make this fit work. Ensure the proper installation has been done. I hope you're ready, Jeff Goodrich. He's the one doing the actual installation. Sarah, you're ready? I'm going to hammer away. I don't know. Are you cringing at that? Is that making you uncomfortable? It's making me uncomfortable. The idea that your pastor or pastors can be battered into a narrow role of duty, that a leader of the church would participate in such a way, it's why no matter what definition of installation is used, I cringe at the word, this day, this moment of blessing, a call, one that has been carefully and faithfully discerned as a match between pastor and people, isn't just about what Pastor Sarah will do. It is an unfolding story of accompaniment between pastor or pastors and people. Like Ruth and Naomi, like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, your journey together is moved by the Spirit and is rooted in a dynamic and faithful relationship, one of mutual ministry with the congregation, with your local community, with the conference. It encompasses the whole of the New England Synod, the staff, and moves beyond ourselves. This call is not just Pastor Sarah's task to accomplish, but a relationship born of God's calling you together in mutual ministry. Your gifts, my beloved people of Emmanuel, are equally important. Not just preacher to preach, but each of your gifts of generosity, of compassion, of hope, and of joy, of prayer, of decisiveness, are meant to encompass all God's beloved. Pastor Sarah chose non-traditional texts for this installation that reflect not just the office or the function of pastor, but rather point to accompaniment of ministry together, not just to the easy and the comfortable, 
But in the dark and the gritty, in the fear of the unfolding story, the yet unknown, just like the road to Emmaus. We often idealize that road where Christ is recognized, where Jesus is revealed along the way. But that journey, it was one of anxiety, of fear. Grief was a steady companion along the way. Pastor Sarah's call with you in this, in the best of times, will reveal Christ's presence with all of you and each of you as together you break bread and dwell in the word and serve in your community and listen for the Spirit's sometimes still voice. And sometimes your journey will simply be one of uncertainty, will be one where grief resides, will be one where the unfolding story of grace is not yet revealed. That's when you lean into each other, your mutual call, and listen, discern, and trust that the Spirit is showing the way. Now, Pastor Sarah might just be about getting comfortable and think she was going to get away with me not telling you a particular story. But that's not my style. And so, I remember a day, a few years ago now, when I approached Pastor Sarah because we were in the midst of transitions, a manual in your transition of retirement and call and ministry site profile writing, Pastor Sarah in a similar place in another congregation. And I walked up to her and I said, I know you love your ministry. I know you're settled. But maybe you could just meet one of our colleagues who's working with the congregation on a ministry site profile. And she said, okay. And then a couple hours later, while I was sitting with another colleague, Pastor Sarah sort of stomped right up to me. Stomped being the appropriate word. And I think this might be a paraphrase. But it was certainly the intention, if it's not the exact phrasing. She said, I don't like you or the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because the Spirit might be up to something. And now I have options. And calmly, I said, just pray about it. You don't have to make any choices yet. Let the discernment unfold. Then she walked away, and I whispered, Hammer time. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But I did rejoice, because one of Pastor Sarah's gifts is not only a profound commitment to accompaniment, but also a willingness to remain open to the Spirit even when she doesn't particularly like it. She will wrestle with challenge and change and is generous in her compassion. I know you, the people of Emmanuel, bring an abundance of your own faithful engagement to being not a static machine of function, but the living embodiment of God's promise. That 
is the celebration and blessing of today, the possibility born of your unfolding story, a choice to not just be served by your pastors, but to commit to accompanying one another. As Christ travels the dark roads of grief with you, as you walk in uncertain times, as you celebrate the Spirit's gift of both disruption and of peace, as you break bread together and Christ is revealed along the way. Amen.